Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, we have George with two powerhouse gym locations in Michigan. George, what's going on, sir? How are you today? Doing great. Beautiful Monday. Beautiful Monday in the fitness industry. Obviously, I sort of teed you up here. The reason for our conversation today is to explore these powerhouse gyms and and what you guys do from a business standpoint. But for people who aren't familiar, I think powerhouse is a fairly nationally known thing at this point, but there's a lot of artistic license and individual control in how you operate location to location. When you and your father describe your two gyms, what do you tell people? What is kind of the, the elevator pitch of these businesses? The biggest thing that we, we I, I wouldn't even say we pitch, it's, it's kind of like what we preach with our, with our actions is that our gym is just a big family. Everybody, we know everybody. So when people say like, oh, why should I come by you? I say, well, versus like a lifetime. Well, it's because you join a family by us. We know everybody's name. We know, you know, like what kind of workouts they like, if they got family, they got kids. So it's, it's really, you're joining a family. It's, it's so cliche to say, but you know, once people join, it's like, they know my kids' names. They know my kids' birthdays. I got clients who are walking in, giving my wife little goodie bags. It's like, it's so different we're not we're not a number out here you know so yeah that's the biggest pitch that we, we pitch. we'll pitch. certainly dig into that here uh in a minute but i think the the origin of this is important for context for people listening talk to us a little bit about how these came about it's kind of a, a succession plan if you will yeah. walk us in on that so from the start like where my dad came from with the gyms and stuff like that is that where you want me yep. to come off from? yeah so basically um culture wise our uh our culture is very retail heavy so like a lot of uh, our culture comes in from like grocery stores liquor stores gas stations stuff like that so when my my dad came into america that's what they did um and then powerhouse started in 1974 and my dad was like one of their first members and you know in the 80s he ended up helping him out with the location he left the, the family business and, and he just loved the fitness world um he grew up in martial arts and he just loved working out and then he kind of grew with, uh, he grew up with the founders and they opened up their Highland Park location and they had a few other locations and he just went in full force and he's never turned back. And then I grew up in the gym space. So it was almost like, I can't imagine doing anything else. You know, I it's just, it's just, I was born into martial arts. I was born into the gym. I was born into health. You know? So it's yeah, just, this was uh something you were you were trained for from a very young aspect now powerhouse in, has had its ups and downs as a as a national entity over the years you guys have been doing this since yeah. the the early 90s clearly something must be going well for the gyms to be continually operating that long at least in the time that you've been a part of this george Walk me through kind of both sides of the coin. What's been your favorite part about owning these businesses? And what's been the most difficult part? What's been the biggest challenge about owning these businesses? So I would rather start with the most difficult part. Um, So the hardest part for me being in this industry so long is that when I was younger, um, it was kind of hard for people to take me serious. You know, you, you you have a guy 
who is extremely successful, um, well over six figures. They come in here to be trained by some 16, 17 year old punk, essentially. You know, and it's hard for them to take you serious. And then it's like, but I kind of grew up in this, you know. So at the same time, me looking back now, 15 years past, I'm like, I don't know a single thing back then. So the hardest part for me was yeah. telling myself, even though I've been in this space my entire life, I still don't know anything. You know, I might know more than the average person, but um, that was the hardest part was putting my ego in check, saying like, hey, like you still don't know much. Um, and that was a hard, it was a hard pill for me to swallow because I, I was very egotistic. Um, and, I, and I sometimes catch myself in that same rut and I'm like, uh, it's hard. Um, and on top of that, the second hardest part is that we went to club industry one year um, for other gym owners who don't know what that is. Uh, it's typically in Chicago. Um, it's basically any aspect to do with fitness is there from building your gym out to software to whatever you want um, with equipment. And mm -hmm. they, they didn't know who we were. They rated our three mile circumference in a aerial footage, the most competitive area to be in, in the country. There was more yeah. gyms near us than anywhere else in the country. They counted like 15 gyms at the time mm -hmm. when we were, that was when uh, snap fitness was super popular um, popping up and all those little, little, um, small gyms, uh, anytime fitness and all that, um, Bally's was next to us in our backyard. So we were grinding it out. So the hardest part for me back then was like, how can I look at these, these national brands that blew up in three years and try to compete with them when I'm yep. 16, 17, 18 year old trainer, you know, like, yep. how, how am I going to compete with that? Well, it sounds like you did. <laughs> yeah, so we Clearly we're here that. having a conversation because of that, at least. And um, so you guys, you guys made it. Go ahead. What's yeah, been the, sorry, best? the best part of the whole entire thing is like, again, gym owners, if you're in, the, if you're in this list conversation listening, you know that fitness evolves over time. And if you're a business owner, you know business evolves over time. And it's if you put your ego in check, and as long as you're willing to evolve, this is such a badass business to be in because you can evolve so fast and you don't need much to do it. You know, the hardest part is to get a location and then to have a body. You're the body. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're already in a location. So if you're open-minded, you can do whatever, whatever you want. This is the yeah. most beautiful space to be in. That's, that's the big aspect of why we created this platform is because collaboration and, and the sharing of ideas is really a catalyst for sparking new ideas, right? There's always another way that you can operate. There's always a different or a better way to improve for you guys. I mean, the, the crux of this comes in a couple of different services, but as far as revenue streams, where's the majority of the business income coming from for you guys? Anything to do with personal training, whether it's one-on-one -on -one, semi-private circuit training, um, Anything in that realm um, is going to be your bread and butter, um, but it can be it can be a numbers game. It has to be organic. And if you're in this space, you do it because you care about you care about helping people. So if you're organic and you're authentic about your true feelings of wanting to help somebody, your numbers will be there. If you're in it for the numbers, you're going to be battling numbers your entire time you're in this business. And sure. that's, 
that's another thing that we had to stress on was our culture, you know, like being surrounded by so many gyms, we were so focused on the numbers. Oh, well, this gym opened up, they took 10% of our business. Oh, we got lifetime over here, they're taking 10% of our business. If you look at the whole pie and you're just trying to take a piece of that pie every single time something opens up, you're going to eat yourself alive. But if you're sure. organic, they can't keep up with you. They can't. It's yep. just not possible, you know? Yeah. And I want to highlight something that you said here because the model here being the open gym membership kind of low ticket, high volume paired with the coaching service, the personal training, the semi-private circuit training, whatever else you mentioned being lower volume, higher ticket. A lot of businesses in your model make more from that second option than they do from the first one. We could have thousands of members over here but the revenue generated from that higher ticket service is really, really driving business growth overall for you guys. It sounds like that's the focus. I want to pick your brain from a marketing standpoint, what you guys do to get the word out about that. Because a lot of the time gyms like this that I see, they're advertising the, the $10 a month, the 15, $20 a month, whatever it is. What's been working for you guys from a marketing standpoint to get people through the doors in the first place? So this is, I want to say this, I've done probably a half a dozen interviews in 2022, business related, personal training related, or just interviews in general. Um, and when they asked me this specific question on, on your marketing leads, all that kind of stuff, I, I started asking the person interviewing me a different question. How much money do you think the average gym spends on marketing? It's going to depend on revenue overall, right? Sure. We, need to, we need to base it on money coming in. So if you said that the people you interview, how, many, how much do you say that their average is if you had to guess? Based As a percentage or as a dollar amount? Either way. As a dollar amount? The majority of gyms that we speak with, probably less than $1,000 a month as a, as a percentage, less than 10. Okay. So we used to spend, same thing, two, 3000 a month on whatever, Facebook ad, Google ad, um, direct mailers before, whatever you can think of. And what I would find is your turnover ratio is super high. So you're, you're spending a thousand to try and make 2000, you're profiting a thousand or you're spending, that's like what Facebook stresses on. You spend a thousand, you're supposed to make two times that amount. So you make 2000. So I, we used to do that. And then I ended up finding out like, in order for me to make money, I was having to spend this much money. So if I wanted to make a hundred grand, I'm spending 50 grand, it just didn't make sense to me. I said, this is not organic. These people have no attachment nor care about me. They don't care what I can do for them. They're just looking at, hey, there's a gym that's on the corner of the street. I got this direct mailer. Let me go in there. They have a promo going on. After six months, they cancel. So what we did, the complete opposite. My entire team is we work hands in hand with each other. We spend $0 a month on marketing purposely. We spend absolutely no money, okay? But this is what we do. We make every single person that walks into our facility feel like family. Now, when I tag them on my fitness page, they're more likely to repost me. Now, if they have 100 followers, I have 100 followers, I have 100 extra eyes that just saw that post. So now they become attached to me instead of the location. They're, they're going to drive the 40 minutes that I get every 6 a.m. to come and train with me. 
But when you're just a location at the end of the street, well, if something opens up a little bit closer to them, they're going to be the first people to leave. So my culture is number one. My culture, my team, they're the number one marketing tool. If you have happy employees, you're going to have happy customers. Sure. And, that, and, that, and that's just what we stress. So I, I don't spend a and single so we And so we've previously put money into it in a number of different channels and strategies didn't quite like the turnover that came with it. And so we've, we've revamped that to focus more on delivering a higher quality service, right. Than, than the hamster wheel on the front end. I can get behind that. I think when we look at acquisition in general, if we're signing people up at record rates, but people are walking out the back door at the same rate, then nobody wins, right. We're just collecting a dollar today, but not necessarily building from there. Do you think, let me, let me kind of devil's advocate this question here. Do you think it was the marketing strategies that were bringing in the wrong kinds of leads? Do you think we were doing it at too high of a volume? What do you think? I guess what my question being, what do you think went wrong? So I do outside of, outside of this, I do like a business consulting for, um, personal training studios and gyms in general. Um, either if the gym is super struggling, I don't even charge them. I just want to help. And I just do everything via zoom. That's what I was doing yesterday. So what I think is that it, it's, it depends on location, right? So for me, because I'm so competition heavy, people say, shouldn't you spend more money on marketing? I say, well, yes and no, but most likely people know I'm here already, but why aren't they coming? There has to be a reason why they're not coming. They haven't even stepped foot into my door. Am I, am I not offering a service or this and that? So I had spent money. I hired an actual professional because I thought the same thing. What if my way of getting leads is horrible? Maybe right. I just, There's a lot of different ways to do it and a lot of ways to do it correct and not correct, but go ahead. Sure. So I, you know, I hired somebody who specialized in Google AdWords. They did that for me. We um, did all this other stuff and it, and it turned out that, it literally had nothing to do with anything that I was doing. It's just that people had this assumption in their mind that Powerhouse was this bodybuilding franchise. It was just for meatheads and all this other stuff. So I switched my entire social media platform. And I said, no, we're going to showcase that we're educated. We train a lot of women because that's like 80% of my clientele. Um, and they don't look like what they think. You know, so my AdWords were, were not helping me because people are searching personal training. And then in their mind, they're thinking, if I go train with a trainer at Powerhouse, I'm going to turn into a bodybuilder. I don't want to look like that. So I just literally just tweaked my social media around, and that's, that's literally all I did. And it, and it saved me $2,500 a year versus, I mean, uh, 25000 a year to 30,000 a year, you know, because depending on what you're spending them on. Yeah. It's, uh, it's an interesting perspective. And I think what our whole conversation here needs to resort back to is with any kind of marketing strategy, we need to have something worth marketing first yes. before we delve into any, I think the, the industry, and if you scroll through Instagram or scroll through Facebook, there's any number of options of We'll get you a thousand leads next week. We'll get you 10,000 leads a month, whatever it is. I think a lot of people in our industry 
get that backwards. Sure. Right? We're marketing before we even have a product, which can be dangerous. But I think that's the state of our industry right now. For you, take me to the next step in the process. We get somebody interested. We have a, a prospect. What's the sales process typically like? Who are they speaking with? What is that conversation about? What are they signing up for before they eventually turn into a paying member? So now are you talking about personal training or gym? When do we differentiate? Is that, if I, for example, if I reach out, I'm interested in, in coming to the gym, we have some sort of meeting, I assume. Is it at that point of sale that we're going personal training or yeah. are we signing up for a membership and then later talking training? For sure. So we have like a little, like a, we call it a guest courtesy card where if you as a new consumer, you walk in, you fill out this guest courtesy card. One of the questions in there is, are you interested in personal training? If they put no, then we'll show them the training room just to show them so they can see what it's like. And then we walk them through the facility. If they put yeah, then right away on the spot, they're introduced to one of our trainers. And not, that's not into a sales pitch because they don't get spoken to directly about the pricing. We actually let them talk to the trainer, you know, speak what their goals are like, um, get appointments for a free session. And we do all that stuff almost preset from them getting an actual membership. And what that does, it takes the focus off the price and it puts the focus on what is their goal. So if you're, you, you walk into my facility, I'm super interested in personal training. You've never had a trainer before. If I show you $120 an hour, you'd be like, whoa, was not expecting that. You don't even know what you're getting. You're just getting a trainer. I'm just going to get a, a person to put me through a workout. But if I say, okay, Joe, this is what we're doing. I'm going to set you up for an appointment. He's going to show you everything from A to Z, what we start you with. And then this is what your $120 an hour gets you. This is the value. And this is how much time your trainer spends outside of your training session. That's where that 120 comes in. And then they see the value. You know, you're not going to go get a Ferrari without test driving it. You, you want to see what am I spending $200,000 on? Yeah. You know, it's kind of the same exact thing. We have that philosophy that, they need to know what they're getting. And some people have had trainers before, so they know $120 an hour, it's going to get me this. I understand. I'm good with that. Let me just sign up and just give me a trainer. So it kind yeah. of goes both ways, you know? Who's handling that conversation? Because sales in fitness is kind of a, a dirty connotation. People, people shy away from that word. It sounds like a lot of that funnels through you. Yeah, so honestly... Um, it goes, it goes to my dad and me both. My entire team is 100% trained in case we're not here, um, which is very rare, um, to consult with a, a new client, um, to, to put them through an assessment, um, to do body composition. Everybody's trained to do everything. We're all trained to do every single part of the business, essentially. Um, but my dad and I are here hands-on operator, and I think that's where a lot of the, the, the sauce gets lost in this industry is that a lot of people think, at the, end of the, at, the, at the first of the month, I'm going to bill 2,000 members. I'm going to get 30 bucks a month each. That's X amount of dollars. And they sit in their office and they're trying to crunch numbers. Something that I've learned um, at our convention with Powerhouse is that your office doesn't make you money. Like these operators are so consumed in being in the office trying to figure out what's going on. That's fine. But if you're not on your gym floor, there's nothing for you to do in your office. You know, like you, you, you need to, you need to understand 
what's going on on your gym floor. Like it, it's a big, it's a big issue. Um, and part of the problem at these round tables that we go to is like, you'll hear an owner, a new one at a round table will sit down and be like, I haven't, I have, I've been in my office all week trying to figure out like, where does my money go? Well, your money goes from you out the door because you're sitting in your office. Yeah. I th that's a, that's an interesting point because I, I think there's, there's multiple perspectives on this. I talked to so many gym owners who all they do is, is coach classes or coach clients and they're trying to get outside of the training floor so that they can work on the business. You're talking about this from the other side, right? If you're only in the office, you lose touch with the people on the actual training floor and there's nothing to work on. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. So my dad is, he'll be 61. Yeah, 61 or 62. And he's here every single day but Sunday. He, and he, he's working the front just like everybody else. Like we, we have no pride into going to the locker room and make sure things are not tidy. And if they're not, we do it ourselves. We don't wait for, you know, our custodian to come in and do that. We do that too. And a lot of that comes into that. If you're not out there doing it, you don't know what to address. You don't know what the problem is. But to play devil's advocate on our own, our own self, I find myself sometimes being so consumed on my consumers and being in touch with them that I'm not in my office enough. So like, I'll, I'll just show you my entire office is chalkboard and we write notes in my office just, just to make sure that I don't neglect my work that needs to be done. So it yeah. kind of goes both ways, right? So I think that so going back to what I said, you make your most money in training, right? You make everything you do, you're going to talk about this like premium hour. Then you start thinking to yourself, well, if I'm not training somebody during this hour, that's income loss and this and that. You got to have a good balance. You have to understand that, okay, you have 10 hours of training. You work 12, 14 hour days. Those two to four hours need to be efficient, breaking things down and doing things the right way, you know, to keep those days hundred percent full, mm. you know, it's like I, my team, they all start pretty much at five in the morning with me. Yeah. If I didn't train it's somebody, a cultural thing. it's a standards thing, right? standard, you know? So like yeah. my guys, they're like, you train somebody at five in the morning. I'm like, oh yeah, I train somebody at five in the morning. And they're like, oh, okay. And it's normal to them. They think it's normal, you know? And then when my 5 a.m. would cancel, I wouldn't even say he canceled. I would still come to the facility and then I started doing my work as if I still had my 5 a.m. client. They're like, bro, you, your client canceled? I'm like, yeah, why are you here? I got work to do. Always something else we can be doing. But then it sets the standard. Like today, like I came in at six. One of my head guys was here in my office at five in the morning working on client programs because that's the culture we set. Yeah. Now, paint the picture of, of moving into the future for me. You just mentioned, I mean, your dad's been doing this for decades, still working as hard as he can. Where do you see the future of these clubs? Do you guys think that you'll pick up additional clubs at any point? What's kind of the, the bigger picture? Where do you, where do you see this trending? I don't want to, uh, I don't want to let too much secrets out, but uh, <laughs> uh, adding facilities, I don't know. Expanding facility. Yes. Oh, okay. I can see that. I can see that a hundred percent. My team right now is super, super strong. Um, and that's because like, again, speaking to other gym owners, I think that they're, 
the the mindset of like I can flip these trainers over and over. If they leave me, I can replace it. I can, if they leave me, I can do this. I don't do that. I try to make sure that my trainers are the happiest here. They make the most money, so that way when I grow, they can grow with me. And and that's that's like how my dad and I run this business. Is that all my trainers know? They can go try and shop around any other gym. They'll never make more money because that's the that's the culture I set. I don't want them to ever think about can I take a vacation. Am I making enough? Can I pay my bills? That should never be, that's a horrible feeling. Like I'm going to bust my butt at work and not know if I can make ends meet. So to the growth opportunity, it's a hundred percent going to happen. Um, when I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but it's going to be an expansion versus yeah. probably adding another facility. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a conversation that we could go down the rabbit hole for hours and hours and hours, but I'm sure even in the position that you're in overseeing two, all kinds of unique challenges come up when you go from one to two, two to three. Yeah, yeah. It, it isn't always proportional, the reward to risk with not. this. It sounds like that's kind of where your head's at. So my dad used to own another location. Uh, so he had three locations at one point. I was super young. Um, and the main reason why he sold it was because it was too hard for him to juggle three. You, you can bring in, you know, GMs, um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's not their baby. You know, it's a, they're, they're in a GM position. They're going to make whatever percent of sales uh, and kind of rock it out from there. And they're not going to run it like it's your baby. So really, your nest egg is where you are a hands-on operator, where you invest your time and focus on, you know, building your business to an exponential growth. Mm. versus trying to get like 50% at one location, 50% spread out. And really what's going to happen, you say, oh, this location makes the most of my money. So I'm going to spend most of my time here. But then really, how do you know your other locations don't make as much money because you're not there? All valid questions, right? Yeah. It's, uh, it's unfortunate that that's the way that the industry goes. But I think uh, without getting too deep into details, I think a lot of extra locations to put a term on it like that they probably went out of business in the last two years right there those are the first ones that'll go so there's plenty of opportunity and and just with that expansion george is it greater memberships is it greater amounts of people in training is it 360 degree expansion i guess where is where's is your focus here so being, being one of the head trainers here, I really dove into um, expanding my uh, credentials with different certifications, offering different types of services, um, specializing mobility, all that kind of stuff. And then my trainers do the same thing. So with the expansion, it's going to be, we outgrew our space. We, we really, really outgrew our space. So it's really to give my trainers the ability to showcase their abilities. Um, so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a complete renovation. Our culture has changed so much since I really kind of like took over like a personal training industry for us here. Um, so I, the expansion will be a complete, complete change in everything that we have as far as like what we offer and everything like that. It's going to be very yeah. boutique, very boutique. Well, we're running a bit shy on time here, George, but we'll have to get you back on at some point because I think there's we've just barely skimmed the surface of a lot of the things that you guys have coming down the pipeline. But 
for now, why don't you tell people where they could learn a little bit more about your businesses? Is there a website? Is there social media? Give us some details as to where people can go. Yeah, for sure. So like our, our, well, our personal social media, uh, for my personal, it's a uh, junior J U N I O R underscore powerhouse two, four, seven. And a lot of what you can learn about me is, uh, is just from my social platform. You see my family life, my work life, um, everything is on there. Um, and as far as like, you know, if these gym owners have questions and they, they just want to touch base with me, they can just reach out to me right on social media. We can get on a call and uh, chat. Um, and then if it's something in detail, then we can figure something out. Um, and, and honestly, my philosophy on that whole thing too, is that I'm not trying to become rich off of trying to help other business owners. You know, people helped me out when I was growing up, people are still helping me out. Um, oh, yeah. out all the, co- all the best coaches have coaches, all the best sure. athletes have coaches. It's absolutely so, and, th- and that's the thing too, is like, I, I pick up the call phone and I'm, I'm lucky enough that I have good friends that, uh, that are super successful business owners. And I call them up and I say, Hey, I'm in, I'm in a, a weird spot. How do you think I should handle this? And sometimes their insight in a different industry is like, like, wow, uh, that's pretty awesome. So our industry needs a little bit more collaboration, a little bit less competition. That's what I think at least. George, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate your time and, and your willingness to share what you guys have been doing well and, and where we still have some room for improvement. So like I said, we'll have to get you back on in the future. For now, I can't thank you enough and I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Anytime. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Yvonne from Armada Cross Training out in Buffalo, New York. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hey, how are everybody doing? I'm doing great. Excited to have you here. I love talking CrossFit, cross training, my favorite modality. So we're going to have some fun today. Before we kind of dive into the nitty gritty of the business side of what you have going on, give us a little bit of background, Vaughn. What was it that led to you going and opening up this this fitness business? Um, so I would say that uh, I guess I was kind of destined for it, right? Um, I really grew up around fitness. My uncles were real heavy into fitness uh, back in the '90s when uh, around that time I was born, and. Um, you know, I just kind of just grew up with it in my household. I was raised by my grandmother, um, lost my mom at a really young age. We had a small family, so our family is really kind of close-knit. And then uh, my uncles at that point, they put a lot of their time into just, you know, trying to explore new ways to combine uh, combat combat training with, with weight training, with body weight training, with cardio. So we're basically doing CrossFit before, you know, the the – 
term was ever coined, you know? So kind of watching them grow up, it was, you know, it was kind of forced on me when I was growing up as a kid. And um, I don't know, I never really liked it when I was a kid, you know, you just, you don't want to get taken away from the things that you're doing, I guess, you know? And um, then as I grew up, I found that it was always a place where I turned to when I was stressed. Mm -hmm. So I guess it's kind of like something I slowly grew a passion for as I went through my teenage years, you know? Yeah. And, you know, when we're like really passionate about something, it just makes sense to go into business doing it because then we feel like we never work a day in our life. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of what you're doing now. Give us the elevator pitch of Armada Cross Training, you know, who you are, what you guys provide over there. Armada Cross Training, a functional fitness facility where Community is key, but warriors are made. So we can take the average individual off the street, train you up, give you a strong mind and body. Okay. So with that, you know, is this kind of happening in the typical CrossFit group-esque style class, or do you guys do privates, semi-privates, like what kind of different modalities do you have? For example, I was a client interested in joining, like what would you specifically be able to offer me? Okay. Um, so if you were a client typically coming in, you know, we would do a, our, our first sit down consultation assessment, kind of see like where your energy's at. And cause you know, I already know the structure. So I'm kind of seeing, I'm feeling the individual out or one of our coaches is feeling the individual out. Uh, so we kind of help guide uh, guide that party because majority of the time when they come in they don't really know what they want to do or they think they may want to do something and that's not what they need to help get them over the hump you know that they're running into and that's maybe why they're seeking your services in the first place um so kind of just feeling the person out uh but we, we we do that initial assessment and then once we do the initial assessment uh, we kind of, you know, let you know that, you know, hey, you know, based off of what you're trying to achieve here, we think that this would be the best type of situation for you. And that will fall under two different categories. We have semi-private style training, which caps at three. It's more individualized. We can slow it down, slow the pace down a little bit, kind of help that individual uh, more uh, in regards to maybe we have to help them in a specific area that you may just not be able to cater to in a fast paced, like boot camp style class. So it would be basically be based off the individual. So yeah. based off where your energy is, what you need is what we tell you, you need to be. That prescription based selling um, is like perfect in this industry, because like realistically, if we want our clients to see success, we need to put them in a place that we know that they can be successful. Group mm-hmm. training doesn't work for everybody. Personal training isn't everybody's favorite you know, thing. So if we can put them in a place that they can go, they can reach their their goals, see results, um, very, very good for our business because they're going to stick around. They're going to tell them their friends. It's kind of like a full circle thing here. Yep. So the space itself, square footage wise, how big are you? Uh, we are, we're a 2000 square foot facility. So medium, medium space facility. I won't say we're, we're small because we're bigger than uh, a lot of niche style gyms in our area. Uh, but I wouldn't say that, you know, we're by any means big. Yeah. So out of that 2000 square feet, is it all usable or is there some of that square footage that's, that isn't usable due to like offices, bathrooms, things like that? 
Uh, so we're in a big like industrial building. Okay. So um, we don't necessarily need bathrooms in our specific suite because it's like a, a giant warehouse building, six floors, lots of different small business communities um, on each floor. And there's bathrooms in the building. So we don't have to use our space to actually have bathrooms in it. And then a little bit of the out, of that square footage, it's definitely going to be not usable space in regards to the training aspect of it because you do have a small like lounge slash office area. So everything that we do is digital. So we don't really need office space. So we right. don't let it own space. But when our trainers don't have anything to do or when there's not a whole lot going on in the gym, that's where we're hanging out. So... Yeah. Got you. Got you. Okay. So with, with that, you know, you have a decent space, right? It could be, it could be a lot smaller, but you've got a decent space. Um, how many clients are you guys servicing right now? Uh, right now our roster is like 40, 50 clients. Okay. Like somewhere within that number, 40 to 50. How exactly does the membership work? Is it month to month? Do they pay per session? Kind of what offerings do you have? Uh, so we have every structure imaginable when it comes to pay scale because you never want to make it difficult for people to pay you, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> so you want to have every pay scale imaginable. I mean, obviously, you're trying to bring people in on memberships because you're going to see your most long-term return of mm -hmm. customer by the membership way. However, mm -hmm. we don't want to make people feel as if they can't come here if they can't afford the membership, right? So we mm -hmm. do have drop-in rates. Um, our drop-in rates are priced at a point where obviously you get a discount if you get a bulk of sessions in a package style deal or if you get them in a membership style structure. So basically we have our pay structure set up this way. We obviously have our drop-in rate, then we have package rates, and then we have membership rates. So package rates can get you a, discount, a discounted bulk of sessions that won't be the same amount of the membership sessions, and it also won't be the same price. You also won't get the same percentage of discount. However, there's no obligation to pay a month-to-month -month fee. So we have that structure put in place, and then we have our membership structure, which you get a bigger discount, but there is a two-month minimum requirement for any sign-up, mm -hmm. right? Because we want you to finish at least eight weeks of a program before you decide that you're going to give up, right? Yeah, um, I like that. I think that the the commitment, right, if we do like monthly billing and we make them commit to a certain amount, it's very smart for not only our business because that's guaranteed revenue, but it's smart for our clients too because for most people, the hardest part is just showing up. So right. if we can get them to make a commitment to themselves financially, like they know they're paying for it. So they're going to use it and we're going to hold them accountable to using it by checking in, et cetera. It's really, really smart. Um, I think personally, not like if we offer per session or we offer, you know, one month and then come back and renew, like we're kind of doing our clients a disservice at that point because they can just decide to not show up whenever they want. Um, and if they have specific goals, like, eh, is that really the best option for them? Probably not. Right. Um, so with 40 to 50 members right now, is that a position where you feel pretty comfortable or would you like to grow, welcome new members in like, and, and kind of grow the community? I would say that 
I'm never comfortable. <laughs> so I would say I'm never comfortable. So we're always looking to try to do more. You know what I mean? If it, if it me, if, if busting at the seams was the kick in the, and I don't want to say, you know, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but if it was a kick in the butt, right. If it was a kick in the butt to go and get you a second space, then that's what you got to do. Uh, you know what I mean? How, how, how it depends on how big you want your impact to be and what you want your lifestyle to look like, mm-hmm. you know? And like, I feel like when you first start out doing anything, it's going to be work. You know what I mean? So if it's like, okay, well, two gym, you know, one gym is manageable. How am I going to do two? Well, you, you got to get there first. You got to get there to, ha- to, you know, to be, to you fill your gym up. And then once your gym is full, if you feel like you need to get a second space to sustain the amount of clients that you have, then do that. Yeah. Like you're you going to do, you're going to do what it takes to just be able to continually grow. Um, I hear like a lot of times on this podcast, like, oh yeah, like I have a hundred clients. Like I don't want any more. I'm happy where I'm at. And like, why? Right. Once we get a hundred clients, what more can we do? I have that kind of, my mindset is like, why not more? So once I get a hundred, like what's the next thing? Do I go open up a second location? Do I add on space? Do I add a bit, a different service so that I can serve more people? Like I have that mindset, but not everybody does. And I'm excited to hear that you have that mindset. So to follow up with that, since you are in a position where ideally you'd like to grow, you'd like to take on more clients. Let's talk about that growth process what are you guys actively doing to find new clients? Um, I mean, we're doing it. We, we always guerrilla market. That's always been our method. Mm-hmm. So with guerrilla marketing, you have to be basically a beast in the field and a beast on the net. So we have ad spinning at all times on majority of platform, uh, majority of the surfing platforms that people are, are getting on. I'm trying to experiment new ways with this whole reels thing because that's starting to become more of the way that marketing is heading towards so I'm trying to learn you know trying to get into the space to learn that and really start incorporating that into our marketing structure and then obviously you know you can never stop running your own mouth as a business owner you know what I mean taking every opportunity that you can to speak about your business and what you have going on and trying to infect people that you think could utilize your services or may not know about your services and you know you just never stop going Right. Um, I think, you know, the guerrilla marketing and the word of mouth, those are always going to be effective. And generally when it comes to word of mouth, that's free. So we love it because who doesn't like growing without spending any money, but in 2022, the best way, the best proven way to get leads into any business, not even just in this gym industry is utilizing digital platforms like Facebook and Instagram. It sounds like you're doing some of that are you guys running ad campaigns? Are you boosting posts? Kind of what methods are you taking? So I always consistently have a ad campaign going on at least two ads. So at least two active ads, like, because you want to, um, you want to have that ad that, that, that speaks to them, but then you want to have that, that ad that excites, you know? Right. So I always have two consistent ads going at one time. Um, just 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 light it doesn't have to be a whole bunch invested but just to make sure that every day your ad is getting in front of some eyes somebody mm-hmm. you know what I mean somebody knew I always even when I was first building my gym I would always tell myself that if one new person knows about what I'm doing here mm-hmm. then I've won today 
You know what I mean? Like, because it, you, you know the nurture sequence, you own a gym. Sometimes it takes a person seeing your brand or seeing you or hearing about what you do multiple times before they ever become a client. You know what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not just that first person that, that you know, right. they see your ad and they're like, oh my God, I want to go there. Like, nah, it doesn't happen like that. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure it's like three times is like normal. So they see your ad once. I hear seven. Seven. Dang. I hear seven, seven times before a person becomes curious enough to buy. That's, that's so interesting. And like, I think a lot of times too, the people who can benefit from what we offer the most are those people who like, aren't already looking. So like, maybe they're not looking for a personal trainer. They're not looking to do CrossFit, but they see our ad once and then Mm -hmm. the CrossFit, like that's weird. And then they see a second time and then they see somebody like in the ad, like a member and something like resonates with them. They're like, Oh, and then they just scroll past it. And then that third or time then they're like all right well whatever let me just fill this out i'm gonna fill out this link and then you call mm-hmm. and you like, change their life yep. those are the people that's why i love digital ads so much because yep. we are just- able to reach those people mm-hmm. and for me like i really resonate with that because i wasn't looking like when i was in the position to start crossfit i wasn't looking to do crossfit i always saw the games on tv and i was like that's crazy i'm never mm-hmm. doing that Um, I would have never thought to Google it, but I saw an ad on Instagram of like a girl working out and she like looked like me. Maybe she just had a baby. And I was like, dang, like she looks normal. She's not like the big beefy girl, like in the CrossFit games. Let me try this. And it literally changed my life. And there's so many people that I've seen, you know, the same story kind of happen. So it's so cool that we can use digital marketing for that. When you are running ads, how beneficial is that for you guys? Like, would you say that you have a steady flow of leads coming in through that? Is there ebbs and flows to it? Seasonality? Like, what has your experience been? I would say it's definitely ebbs and flows. It's definitely seasonality, too. Especially when you live in one of these, like, crazy northeastern states, you know? All CrossFit gyms are not made equal. (laughs) And I mean, like, I would say, like put it like this you know people who live in I would say hotter areas like the Floridas the Georgias the you know what I mean the Californias you generally have people that are more actively seeking to be in shape because there's nicer weather all year round versus living in a northeastern state especially somewhere like Buffalo New York where our winters get really bad and last really long so it's easy to decide that you're just going to be lazy or you're not going to do the work or you're or you don't really care about how your physical looks because majority of the time people aren't you're covered up mm-hmm. six months out of the year you're wearing a coat so you know what I mean but then you go to a place like Florida or California and there's just generally a bigger population of healthy people yeah I mean I think like part that's partially true I grew up in Maine, so I definitely understand that, like, in those winter months, like, it's just different. It's just, like, people, it's harder to get people motivated to get in and do something like this, but I wouldn't say that it's impossible. We just have to, like, really approach it smart. When you run ads, kind of what type of offer are you running? Like, what is that call to action? Um. 
I guess I kind of, I, I try to, I try to speak to the person mm-hmm. when I make my ads. I, I never try to sound salesy okay. in my, my ads. Uh, so I never try to, uh, you know, unless it's like, obviously, unless it's like a holiday and we're, you know, promoting like, you know, Black Friday, we got 25% off. I mean, then obviously that, that's as far as we go whenever we speak any type of monetary in our ads but normally we're trying to get a person to feel something when they see our ads because i feel like especially when you're coming to a, a niche gym you only went there for two one of two reasons somebody either either told you to go there like right somebody either told you to go there specifically so you came or two you were feeling a way that that you wanted to you know change the way that you felt or maybe this made you feel a certain way about yourself and then you decide like oh, okay well I want to go here now mm-hmm. you know yeah that last part I think we have to think of ways to like sell that result in our ads right um I think anybody to- ever buys training because of the price no no you know? and I think so People don't buy training because of the price and they also don't buy training because of how pretty your gym looks. A lot of gym owners I see like post pictures of their gym in their ads. And I'm like, I don't know about you, but like, I don't care what the gym looks like. As long as there's somebody there to show me what to do, I don't care what the gym looks like. Um, As somebody who doesn't have a fitness background prior to starting CrossFit, I really like that wouldn't entice me to join a gym. I want to know that, what I want to know is that I can go to that gym and I can reach the results I want. So if we can sell that result, um, that's what we, that's what we need to use to pull people in, entice them, make, give some sort of juicy offer to help them see that they're going to reach their goals with us. But I want to make sure we, we have time to talk about a few other things because we're kind of already running out of time here. Um, What would you consider to be your biggest business related bottleneck Vaughn I think we all have them you know like that one thing that keeps us awake at night that we're still trying to figure out within the business what is that for you um I mean I guess I would have to say client retention because I guess as a gym owner right aren't you always thinking about if you could have done something different to keep a member longer mm-hmm so what's the average, if you, I don't know if you know this, if you track it, what would you say the average lifetime of your clients are right now? I mean, it depends because you've got, I, I, I put my clients into specific categories, right? Because you're going to have like your clients that are just like your revolving door clients. And then you're going to have your clients that are like your stay and go clients so like Mm -hmm. they'll come for like three four months and then they'll be gone for like two three months and then they'll come back for like three four months like you know what I mean like you'll have clients that are that and then you have your clients that are like four lifers right like you jumped around to multiple different spaces and they're still training with you know what I mean so uh I don't so I don't really have I don't I don't really say that I calculated the average but I have a certain amount of clients and certain Uh, I categorize in certain ways you know what I mean and I look at my roster as like as long as I have this amount of for lifers this amount of staying goes and this amount of revolving doors then I'm always good you know what I mean 
And yeah. when your numbers start to dip below that, then you're like, oh shit, we got to get this. You know what I mean? We got to get this right. And then when you get your numbers back, right, then everybody past that is just like extra. How I see retention is like, as long as we're providing, like we're fulfilling value to our members, they're going to stick around. So mm-hmm. if they're reaching their goals with us, they're going to stay. If they're not, that's when they gym hop. And unfortunately, like in the CrossFit specific, it's common for people to just like hop around from gym to gym. But what can we do to add value? And I think that's where, you know, the, you said you have the trifecta or, yeah. or something. Um, I think that that's kind of where that plays, that plays into, plays into this, right? Because we're providing not just the fitness, but the nutrition and the mindset side of things too. And the finances too, because we fix credit, we help uh, people with their, you know, uh, generational wealth building strategies and things of that nature. Like we're not financial advising, but basically helping people get their foundation set. Because we find a lot of people, you know, especially in this space, because we're getting clients that are in their 20s and their 30s, you know, I mean, obviously, we get a lot of other clients as well. But usually, it's clients that fall in that 20 to 30 range, you know, where they don't even have like basic foundational uh, financial foundation set, like emergency funds and things of that nature, like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, that's why you're here for, you know, two, three months, and then got to take a break for two, three months, like, you know what I mean? Like, so sometimes, we find that it's that so we, we we help in those aspects as well so it's it's been it's been a great journey it's really, it really has mm-hmm. so um you know to kind of follow up with that challenge question I'm such a big visionary I mean if you've noticed anything about me so far I like to dream big I like to work hard um and you sound like the same so uh, if you could have a magic wand, all your dreams, all your goals for your business came true. What would that picture look like for you, Vaughn? Um, man, I would have, I would have multiple gyms, like, uh, you know, in many states, <laughs> multiple gyms in many states, all of them running the Armada Trifecta blueprint, like ever so efficiently. Um, and then we'll take all that money and invest uh, the coaching money back into real estate and then we use the real estate to help support and stabilize those businesses and then we also through each branch of the armada trifecta that has its real estate assigned to it to help protect the business um we create affordable housing structures so that way we can help people with their elevation and a requirement of living in this affordable housing offered by the armada is a mandatory involvement with the Armada Trifecta, where we either help you get your physical right, your mental right, or your financial right. So that way you're not falling in the same cyclical condition of bad habits that's keeping you at the bottom. Dang, this is this is a, a big, a big goal, a big dream, something that I've never really had somebody tell me before that they want to kind of build affordable housing units and have that tie back into like what they do within their fitness and wellness business. But nonetheless, super cool. What do you feel like you have to really focus on in the here and now, right now, as the business currently stands to take you to that position one day? Um, <clears throat> I would say continue to put out, uh, you know, good energy, good work and create good relationships. You know what I mean? Because that that's going to be long lasting 
And as long as we continue to do the work that's necessary and, you know, put that good energy out there, pass it on to the next person and create a good relationship with them that'll build into a good network. And then as our brand continues to elevate, the universe going to do what it needs to do for it. That's how I ended up on here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, 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 I, I am a, I'm a real, like, anomaly story. Like, you don't even understand. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that I'm even on this podcast here talking to you today, I know it's crazy. Like even, you know, you were telling me your story about how you guys ended up with the CrossFit gym. Like I lost my mom to a homicide when I was a baby. Mm -hmm. Didn't know my father, raised by my grandmother. And then all my uncles like kind of just like wilted away their lives. They like didn't do much of anything with it, just wasted it, you know? And then I grew up with like no examples, no parents, no, you know what I mean? And I just knew that I wanted to do something grand with my life and then give back, be better for my kids, be better for, you know, uh, the youth that I could touch that was around me. And I'm a first generation wealth builder. Like I made six figures my first year as an entrepreneur. Dang. I CrossFit gym, like, come on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now here we are second year and I'm on this Gym Lords podcast with you and I'm trying to, you know, duplicate this success and then show uh, everyone around me right that's also in a similar situation because there's probably many uh you know minority children that started out with the same type of uh life right mm -hmm. you know the what was me story right and yeah. show them it was possible you put that work in put that time in put that focus in and you can make magnificent things happen no for sure um you know we're truly capable of anything as long as we work really hard um, you know, things aren't just going to happen, but you have to have that mindset where you want to work for the things that, that you have in your life. Um, so to kind of wrap things up, what is the website or the Instagram? Where can our listeners go if they're interested in learning more about what you do, um, at your fitness business? Okay, cool. Yeah. You could go to armadacrosstraining.com. That's A R m a d a cross training.com or you can find us at armada cross training on instagram and you know post some things that's going on in the gym post some updates post client results uh everything that's going to keep us connected keep us elevating and like i said we continue to put out that good energy and the universe gonna do what we need to do perfect well i'm excited to go check it out follow you in your journey watch you make all this happen maybe you'll have a gym in florida someday and i'll be able to visit okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for being here today listeners thanks for tuning in don't forget guys if you want to stay notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us for an episode here at the gym lords podcast fill out the link in the description we will be in touch with you soon as always until next time gym lords out Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode.
Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Elvis Fisher with Better You Performance out of Austin, Texas. What's going on, Elvis? How you doing today, man? JJ, what's going on? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, thanks for the one and only intro. That was that was nice. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we appreciate you being here. We're excited to have you on. And uh, I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Better You Performance. So let's take a step back, man, to give the viewers some perspective if we can. You know, we'll start with a very basic question here. You know, Elvis, how many members are you serving currently? Currently in my gym, we have 102 members. Okay. Yeah. And it's good that you know the, the exact number, not an estimate yeah. here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I mean, every gym is different. But for you guys, I mean, what's been the best method of grabbing people's attention to get them in and through the door? Well, if I'm going to be 100% honest, you know, I never, I never was a big fan of, you know, social media in the sense of I didn't like getting on all of the, you know, the, the Insta books and the face grams and all that stuff. Right. Um, I never was big into it. Uh, and then I, I started this business, my own uh, training facility three years ago, coming up on three years. Um, and, you know, the best way that I realized that I could serve people was to, you know, connect with people and, and just be real with them, right? And just kind of connect with people on a different level. And I realized that I could reach more people through Instagram and Facebook. So I just tried to put myself out there on those platforms. And I just, I came to the realization that that organic traffic is better than, than any other, like paid or anything like that, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you have a a friend or family that and you're going somewhere and they ask for a recommendation, you're going to listen, listen to them. Oh my God. Hey, sorry about that. That's no worries. Um, but they are, you know, they're more amped to, you're more amped to listen to their recommendation, to anything. So I realized that reaching out to people and being on social media gave people a little more in-depth look into my life. So they got to know me a little better. Um, so I share, you know, I was, I was able to share personal stories, you know, training videos, uh, how I coach my clients, you know, my gym, general thoughts. So, they kind of had a really good idea of who I was to begin with before they either booked a call or came in to train. So it was a, it was a much deeper connection right off the bat versus just some ad they may or may not have seen on their feed. Right. So um, I really do all of my marketing per se and, and I, through Instagram and Facebook. And that that's been very beneficial for me to get, get and acquire clients. That's awesome. And I appreciate how in depth you got there. I think and I love that you show the versatility, right? You're not one dimensional here. You're not like, oh yeah, I just depend on this or that, right? You're yeah. you're versatile. You're using different avenues to get different people's attention. And I think it's so important to kind of showcase who you are as a person, right? So they understand that you're not just, you know, this fit robot guy who owns a gym, you know, because a lot of people think that like, oh, you have something that I don't just because you know, you've accomplished this fitness side of things. Yes. Um, and so uh, what I'll continue here with is, you know, obviously, I mean, square footage is always a concern here in terms of capacity and whatnot and how much higher you could go. But let's say, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to put that aside, but let's just say hypothetically, of course, leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. Mm -hmm. I mean, how, how much higher could you go than that, that 107 you said you're at now? 
Uh, currently 102, yes, uh, 107 coming up next, but uh, yes, <laughs> no, definitely. Um, so honestly, in my my facility, I have about 2,300 square feet, um, and, and I feel like I utilize that space very well um, with different type of programming and different coaches coaching this type of session and all this stuff um, in different areas of the room. Um, I utilize a big outdoor space as well when the weather's nice. Being here in Texas, we kind of have that luxury majority of the year. Of so it's nice. But um, as far as the ceiling, you know, I, I determine my cap probably around, you know, 130 to 150 uh, members in my space that I could be able to run efficiently sessions out of there. Um, you know, when I was growing up, my dream was, you know, I've been dreaming about having my own uh, gym since I was like 13, 14, when I first got into training. So to, you know, manifest it back then and to have it come alive today, you know, all, all sorts of gratitude and and positivity going towards that. And I love that, that I have it and I have the, the ability to do what I do today. Um, and I used to have the dream of owning the, you know, the 20,000 square foot Mecca as a most, you know, people who want to own a gym, you know, but uh, as my time in this industry continues, I realized that, you know, and you know, not for nothing, but different things of having the lockdown gyms and payments and all this stuff. Like, it's just kind of like that might be too much overhead for one spot. And now, now my goal would be more or less to have smaller facilities spread out throughout the state or country. So I, I don't, I don't want the one shoebox space anymore. It's like, I want to be, um, I want to have multiple smaller locations. That would be a great goal of mine currently. And then, you know, to continue to build an online platform that you could reach people worldwide. You wouldn't even have to have a space. Uh, although it does, I've come to find that getting online clients is a little easier. You have a little more clout behind your name if you actually have a brick and mortar spot that they can actually see. You know, there's so much there's so much out there in the fitness world. It kind of, it, it makes people more comfortable, I guess, if they're like, oh, this is an actual spot. Like he's actually trains people is not just sitting in this house all day <laughs> coaching online. So, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my take on that. No, I love that. I love that, man. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that whole, the aspirational side of things too. Cause I think that's big, right? I think a lot of people do have that conception that they want to own this huge mecha gym and yeah. do all these things. But um, now, uh, you know, Diving into this side of things, like kind of like the tracking or or the metrics, if you will, how have you found or what has been the best method for you to kind of go ahead and track and manage the metrics of you know how long someone's been with you, you know, if they're looking to cancel, when they like those things. I mean, genuinely speaking here, I think anything past 50 clients is a lot to handle. So a hundred plus here, I mean, how are you able to manage that? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, yes, you are 100% correct. It is definitely hard to, uh, to do that. And I can't do it alone. Right. I always thought, of course. you know, I thought in my mind, right. When I started, I was like, I'm going to do all this myself, right. Like anybody, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do it myself and, and make it, make it come to realization by myself only. And for, for the longest time up till the beginning of this year, um, I pretty much did. I, I was just kind of by myself. I did all the sessions, all the programming, all the one-on-ones, all the, all the Instagram posts, all that stuff. And I just now recently was, was at a point to be able to hire coaches and to hire someone to manage my social media, um, you know, to hire, you know, and I in, try to invest money back into books and courses and things like that, that could help me streamline my business to where I can keep track of metrics. Right. So I have like a platform that I, 
do my billing and contracts and all that stuff on there. And it shows me the analytics of the inside of business. Like when's the last time this person came to a session? Uh, if someone first signs up, it's like, I have protocols for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days out to make sure that I send reminders to follow up with these people or book them for their sessions. Just kind of help keep the lifespan of that client longer. Um, Cause that's kind of the whole goal is the, is the, you know, a lower, lower the amount of people leaving your gym and then like expand the amount of time they stay with you. So I'm, I'm definitely deep diving into that more now because I'm able to not, not so much remove myself from the business because I mean, I got into coaching because I love coaching. I love people, but um, I've been able to hire some coaches that I can almost buy time back. So like if they're, if I have a coach coaching a session or two, I, I take that time and, and try to do some behind the scenes stuff, you know, working on the business rather than in it. And I've just now recently this year been able to kind of do that and try to do that more. And I want to do more of that for sure. Well, that's awesome. That is awesome, man. And uh, uh, now kind of cycling into, I guess, the goals here, the objective. I know you're not looking to have this huge mecha gym, right? But obviously, I think, you know, either not going to say maxing out but you know being able to grow and be happy and put a because to you a foundation of, of a good foundation for your gym might be totally different than someone else's perspective because they could see 100 clients and be like man how much higher would you want to go like i mean why would you want to go any higher and you yeah. might be like hey like i want you know a double or another 50 whatever it may be and so i'm curious right going into the end of the year in q4 now i mean there's only three things we can really work on or emphasize in business, right? It's going to be lead generation, getting more clients, getting more members through the door, converting them, selling them, acquiring them, acquisition, and then retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, getting them to buy more from you in that process. Mm -hmm. So of those three, I mean, where do you feel like your main priority is for like the rest of the year going into next year? Is it just more people converting them or keeping them longer? So I guess... That's a high level question. I like it. I'm gonna try to do it my best to give a high level answer. Um, in my, you know, I think that I have to continue to build trust, right? So if your people trust you, they're gonna be better off to refer you, right? If my coaches trust me, they're gonna be better off to listen to the plan of attack, right? If my my ads and my words come through on my social media as trustworthy and not a sleazy salesman, right? Or whatever. And that's, you know, that kind of helps build <clears throat> a repertoire with people. And, and if my clients engage with me and can, you know, write an honest review about, you know, if you, you know, it's different if you have like one or two good reviews, but if you got all 150 clients given positive reviews, like obviously something is working there and you have to kind of believe that in, in a little sense, if you're on the outside looking in. So Q4, my biggest, my biggest goal is to continue to develop my team, right? Because like I said, I just kind of hired them this year and we're still kind of going through that. I'm kind of streamlining that process of hiring a team. So I want to build a team and then I want to get them to care as much about my the members at Better You Performance as I do. And I know that's a hard task for a lot of, you know, gym owners and business owners is to get the employees, right, to, to care about things as much as they do. But that is my ultimate goal is to kind of, you know, I always loved having, I've worked at big, big box gyms and, you know, thousand member studio places, facilities and all that. And you lose a little bit of the personal aspect. And, and that's why they have like a huge, you know, churn rate, right? People only stay for like 
you know, uh, eight to 12 weeks, right? That's kind of like usually the typical, you know, numbers. And at, and at Better You, right, we, I keep people for, for 1.2 years, I believe is what my thing was. So a year plus. So I'm able to maintain people and I want to be able to, and I think a big part of that contributes to um, being able to connect with them on a personal level. And that helps only having, you know, 100 to 150 uh, members because I get to know all them, right? You you know who their kids are, you know when their graduation is, you know when their birthdays are, you go out together, you have, you know, the, the gym functions together, you, you get to know these people on a deeper level. And I know for a fact that I can't replicate, I can't do 10 more facilities myself in that manner. But what I can do is I can train a team of, you know, three, four, five, however many coaches you want and train them to be as much of my morals and values as I can instilled in them. And then they have all the tools and capabilities to build teams around them at those facilities. So if I can take the backing of, you know, have fun here, we want to strive for results, we work hard, we're loyal, we're honest, we're hardware. If you can instill those type of values and your morals into your head coaches or your coaches and then let them branch out, they can inevitably reach more people than I personally could. So part of my goal in quarter, that's a it's a long way down, but quarter no, four is definitely um, about continuing to build my team and continuing to show that even if I don't coach every single session anymore, my the members that started with me know that my coaches care just about them, just as much about them as I did, if not more. And they see me trying to be better in terms of that. And I know that kind of stems into the better you performance, but that's definitely how my mindset is 100%. Oh, I love that. That's a great answer. Great, great answer there. I've got two more questions for you here. Elvis, my two favorite questions, my, the best questions of the day. And I, I know you kind of alluded to the bigger picture here and the goal, okay. but if you can give us like a 30 second, like rundown or 30 second elevator pitch, if you will, on what the big goal is in the next five to 10 years, five to 10 years, better your performance, I'd like to have, you know, 10 plus uh, locations. Um, I'd like to have two in the Austin area. That's where I'm at now. I'd like to have two or three in the Austin area. And then um, in other states, uh, I have some ties in some other states. So it'd be good, nice to have a better performance in those other states. Um, and to have head coaches that I train personally underneath me and to help develop them and build their skill set and be able to have them replicate what I did here in those other facilities and then have those guys have teams of their own. So um, everyone that's directly underneath me or, or being on my team, everyone's, you know, everyone's eating, everyone's enjoying the table, everyone's learning and everyone's, you know, continuing to help the populace. That's kind of like what my goal would be. That was a mic drop of an answer, man, but I got one more question for you. <laughs> I got one more. Um, you know, if you could go back in time here, Elvis, to when you first started the gym, mm -hmm. sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started. What would that advice be for you? Man, um, one piece of advice. <clears throat> Uh, pro probably do too, man. I'd say write everything down that you do <laughs> because from everything, uh, you know, just from in terms of trying to, pro you know, make processes for things. It's like, man, I wish I would just done this to start, right? It's just kind of like working out. If you don't work out for 10 years, you're like, damn, I wish I would have started 10 years ago. It's like, sure. I wish I would have wrote everything I did down. So I had it all on paper. And number two is, you know, I, I would, I, I do this more now. And this is only like a realization. Now I would, I would tell myself not to 
not to hold grudges, right? Um, the, the, you know, I had a real issue because when I first started, you know, your first 10 to 20 clients are all people that you know. They're your friends, sure. your family, they're your neighbors, right? They're people that, that have that trust in you and supported you and you've known them for quite a while, right? You don't really get too many new bloods when you first start. You kind of develop that over time. But, you know, eventually, you know, I, I would go back and tell myself, don't hold grudges. Everybody that you train will leave you at one point or the other. And you can't hold it against them. And I, I, I burned some bridges doing that when I, in, when I first started, just because, you know, I took it personally. And in this, in this business life, you can't take it personally. And, and I would definitely go back. I would have saved myself a lot of headache and heartache if I would have just realized that sooner than, you know, three months ago, but it's, <laughs> it's all good. Um, you know, that's, that's a real thing. And I, I did struggle with that. Um, and it still, it still hurts. Right. But it doesn't, you know, that now that I'm in it longer too, I noticed some of those people will come back eventually as well. If you treat them right when they left, right. If you didn't hold the grudge. So um, a little bit of that is just kind of getting older and wiser and learning how to maneuver in your business better off. And that just comes with time. So uh, I might've told myself that a long time ago, probably wouldn't have believed it till where I'm at today. So but that's is definitely something that I would have, you know, you always say, if I go back, I tell, but would your old self listen? That's the key. Um, <laughs> so that's, that's kind of what I would say. There we go, man. Uh, look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, if you have any social media, a Facebook, a website, please let the viewers know where can we find out more about you? And Yes. Show. Awesome. I love it. I love to connect with you guys. Um, so I have a website. It's betteryouperformance.com. And that is B-E-T-T-E-R, the letter U, and then performance.com. Uh, that's, that's my website. Um, I have an Instagram that is at betteryouperformance. And then I have a Facebook page as well. And that is better.u.perform. For some reason, better you performance was taken. I have no idea why. <laughs> so um, yeah, those are, I'm really big on, on Instagram mainly. I'm on there a whole lot. And I post a lot of my stuff from Insta to Facebook, but you can reach me directly if you need to chat on my website as well. So there we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road, Elvis. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, man, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? Awesome. JJ, thank you, sir. I awesome. appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And to everybody else that tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.